and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by a leader in literary and artistic roles, Laura K. Crouch. Welcome, Laura. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. It's great having you in the room. Um, so I've got some questions for you. I like to do a little bit of research on each of my guests. Sometimes that puts the fear in people, but I don't know why. <laughs> I don't have a record, so I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm sure you're fine. Um, I am going, I'm, I'm getting up on my other Facebook here, and I can see myself talking. So I'm going to share that into my feed, just so I make sure I give that as much attention as I can. Perfect. Sounds great. Okay. Um, so, while I'm doing that, um, let's talk a little bit about graduation. The spring of 2020, I, I think I believe, am I getting that right? That is correct. Okay. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your degree? Yeah. So I got a degree in English with a concentrating concentration in creative writing and publishing. Um, originally, when I started school at Missouri Western, I wanted to major in education. But after I took a couple courses, I was like, this definitely isn't the field for me. I don't know if I can deal with a bunch of teenagers all day. <laughs> so I, um, I went to school for six years and when I graduated in 2020 that's when the whole COVID thing began and that's actually the same time that Missouri Western cut back a lot of their programs and my program was one of them that they cut which was it shouldn't have been a big deal because I was graduating but it felt like a big deal right you know because no one else would be able to get the experiences that I got from that university and it changed my life and no one else will get to do that if they want to go into the same role and so graduation was a tough time it was very bittersweet like yay i'm going out into the world but at the same time it was very tragic right i get that i think i think i think a lot of us whether depends on our goals or where we're doing at the time but I think that COVID has changed a lot of way, the way how we do things and interact. So yeah, I can kind of understand that. Um, yes, it has changed a lot. Since we're talking about, I'm gonna mute you just a little bit, okay? Cause I'm getting a little bit of feedback, but once I ask a question, I'll unmute you, okay? <laughs> so don't get worried. Um, so since we're talking about your education um, and it didn't, quite go the way you thought it would because of COVID. Can you tell me what expectations have met to what you thought or have exceeded your expectations perhaps? Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't feel like anything really met my expectations, but when I started the creative writing program, I started with some professors that I had heard were excellent. They were amazing people. They were amazing mentors. And I was so excited to learn under them. And then when I started learning under them in their first classes and I handed in my first works, they were like, this isn't very good. It kind of sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> so they really pushed me and challenged me to do better and be better. And it 
definitely did not meet my expectation because I figured I was just going to be instantly good at it, you know, because every person thinks that I'm going to be instantly great at this. And that was not at all what happened. <laughs> so I would definitely say nothing met my expectations, but I learned a lot from that. Right. I know. I know what you're saying, because sometimes I'll show my book to my mom. It's just, this is really good. And I keep saying, mom, but people don't care that my mom likes it. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Um, so with aspirations of fiction or at being a fiction writer in your mind, take a moment and tell us why poetry first. Well, poetry was the first class that I could take when I entered the program. And I had written some really cringy poetry when I was a teenager, you know, dark and brooding stuff. And so I was like, okay, this will be easy. I go into it and I found that I actually really enjoyed writing poetry. It was a great outlet for getting emotions out that I hadn't quite dealt with. And so I released my first poetry chat book a couple years back. And it felt like just a big weight was taken off my shoulders once those words were out in public for other people to read. So I think that's why I explored poetry before I explored the fiction side. Okay. It was a way for me to deal with my inner demons before I started chasing fantastic stories. Right. I, I kind of get that. I wrote a little bit of my poetry, too. I think we all have that English class, right? And it just kind of starts this whole journal kind of thing. <laughs> 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 right. I kind of, I get you. I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, but I think we might've had some teachers in common or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So tell me about, uh, Scarred Wonderland. I, I want you to maybe elaborate about how that came exactly about, because from what I found out about it and it seems to be a teacher who is very enthused about you. Um, had a lot to say about it. So I kind of want to hear what you have to say and exactly from your mouth where it came from, where the ideas of everything about it came from. Yeah, so again, back to that poetry class I took because that really shaped my writing. I turned in some poems for an assignment and they all had a very similar theme of exploring the female mind and the female body specifically what happens after you explore marriage, after what happens after you explore uh, giving birth to a child uh, or possibly losing a child because I have went through that. Um, and my professor, she, she really encouraged me to get those words out. And we did a chapbook assignment where we had to submit 40 pages worth of poetry. And she said it was really good and that I should start submitting it out there. So I submitted it to a literary um, publisher that I was interning for at the time, Amazing Things Press. Uh -huh. And she loved it. And she published it for me right away. It took maybe two months to get out. But yeah, that's it's a compilation about exploring the female mind and the female body because nothing really makes sense in your head. And it was getting all those thoughts out into the world. Nice. So is there any particular poem that went into the book that speaks louder to you than maybe the rest of them? Um, 
The first one that comes to my mind is Rainbow. And it is smack dab in the middle of the book. It's a very short poem. Um, and it's a poem about my firstborn child. She was my rainbow baby, which rainbow baby means, you know, a child after experiencing miscarriage. And that poem just really stuck with me. Right. And I know it stuck with a lot of my literary friends. Nice. So basically the book has been really um, a place for you to grow upon, not just professionally, but um, from a place of loss, maybe? Yes, okay. I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, those are actually, those are probably books that would speak not just to yourself, but to your readers. And, you know, sometimes letting ourselves uh, be a little bit more open like that can, you know what I mean, really bring us closer to those around us, plus readers that we bring in or we're lucky enough to bring in. So, since we're talking about poetry, tell me about the narrative of a poetry book. I mean, how would you compare it? Because we know you've got another book. And I don't want to get too far ahead. But <laughs> before we get there, tell me how poetry compares to writing a novel. Well, the poetry to me very much feels like it feels like, I'm trying to find a way to describe this. It's not making sense in my head. <laughs> it's all right. Take as many um, many words as you want. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> it feels like a retelling of my story in my past, a retelling that maybe other women can relate to. Whereas the fiction, I'm really creating these own characters in my head, these stories that I dream of at night that I feel like just need to get out so I can stop dreaming about them and stop wondering what if other people read this? This could be really cool. But yeah, they're definitely not the same. Poetry was more of like a self-exploration and fiction is, I don't know, it feels more like entertainment. I'm mainly doing it to please myself. Okay. I can get behind that. Um, when you say please yourself, do you look at it, um, I, I, and I'm going to go right on the limb here, and you let me know if it doesn't speak to you or it's not your words, because I don't want to put anything into your, your, you know, speak for you than yourself, but when you say please yourself, does it mean for you that you write for yourself, and if you're lucky enough to have people that enjoy it as well, then it's more? Or do you find yourself trying to reach a connection through the book to maybe what other people want to read? Am I making sense? Yeah, you're making sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I get a little off there, so I want to make sure. Well, and what's funny is I just got done listening to your podcast with Mary Shaw. Ah. And I think we've had a similar discussion with her about this. Yes. Um, yeah. And I agreed with what she said. Um, you know, you're writing it for yourself, but if other people enjoy it and get something from it, yay, it's right. done good. It's worth it. Right. Well, you know, I sometimes I will reiterate some questions simply because everyone has a different take on it. And although they might be writing it for themselves, they might also be writing for what, and this isn't a bad thing, 
if you get a call out from your readers who want to see this or that, I mean, there's nothing wrong for writing to that as well. You know what I mean? Because oh, definitely. I have found some extreme joy in, um, I've had some small experiences of, um, where I got asked to critique or touch up someone else's stuff. And it was very interesting to stand back with something that you normally wouldn't write, but then dip your hands in the other, somebody else's stuff. And I'll be truthfully honest, I would hate it done to me, but <laughs> it was it was kind of fun, you know, to take someone else's ideas and then play with it. It really was. So that's usually why I ask because you can feel to a publisher's need, your your reading, you know what I mean, your following. I'm not getting the right words here, but you get where I'm going. You can, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I know where you're going okay, with. great, great. Okay, sometimes I, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll pass that on. Okay, so I've heard your work. Now we're talking about the poetry. I'm still on that kind of line. I've heard you okay. described as edgy. Now, how would you describe your writing? I would describe it as raw. Raw, okay. Raw. It's very raw. Like, I don't sugarcoat anything when I write poetry. Okay. So, that comes more from an emotional place, from your own experiences, though, right? Yes. Okay. Could you see yourself writing poetry, um, I don't know, from a more... Um, and this is just a worse night for me for words, but a more, <laughs> for a better word, a more poetic, just kind of um, like a scenery kind of book. Like you're going out on the, the roads, you're looking at the seas, you're looking at the, you know what I mean, your surroundings. Could you see yourself writing like that? Or do you think poetry for you is more of an emotional um, reach out? Is, that, is it more of a that way for you? It definitely feels like more of an emotional reach out, per okay. se. Um, I can picture myself writing from a more descriptive... There you go. There's a word. Imagery-based <laughs> right. yeah, imagery poetry. And I have written that. I just haven't published it. Okay. I've got, a, I've got a, like three flash drives just full of the stuff. Oh, well. But yeah, it just never felt completely finished. Like, okay. you know, you just kind of nitpick at your work and it's never good enough, never good enough, never good enough. And I haven't released those out yet because I still don't feel like they're ready to see the light of day. Okay, great. See, you put the words right what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> We're in tune. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, some days you have those days where you're more articulate and today is not the day. <laughs> So let's talk uh, recurrence. Now, I just brought it up. I, I went off your Facebook page, and now I am on Amazon on my other computer. Um, before I ask you too much, I'm going to read the bio, if you don't mind. Um, okay, go for it. Pain, nightmares, a world full of man-made monsters. Kaya, is that her name? <clears throat> yes, Kaya. Okay. Kaya and her small pack of friends struggle to survive this hell on Earth while searching for an answer to a puzzling riddle. Who is the stranger that keeps dying in her dreams? Is he the key to her past? What does it all mean? Will finding him stop the damn nightmares plaguing her, plaguing, oh, tongue -tied, plaguing her sleep when she finds him two years later? 
She learned some disturbing facts about her past and her future. Her quest for answers does not stop there. So now must prevent the prophesied prophesied. <laughs> oh God, I'm giving a bad night. Oh my gosh. Uh, prophesize. There you go. Prophesize nightmares <laughs> from coming true as she fights to survive what fate has destined her for her. See, I told you this was going to be like a phone call. This is not anything professional. <laughs> Anyway, since we're talking about the book, what I want to know is about the Morris. Is that it? Morris series? Is that how you Morris. pronounce it? Morris. Okay, Morris. Morris series. What I want to know is, this is book one. So how did this book come about? Because we've taken a leap from poetry, and I want to know as much as I can about this one. Okay, it's kind of a long story, but I would love to share it with you. Okay, great. So, okay. I actually came up with the idea for this book when I was 17, which is almost 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, yes. I had just went through a terrible breakup and I was in a very weird place. And all of a sudden I started having these really strange nightmares, nightmares about some random person I didn't even know. And I was watching this guy be drowned, be decapitated. It was scary. It was really scary. So I talked to one of my teachers about it confident, confidentially, and he suggested that I write it all down, write down every nightmare, and maybe it would help me kind of cope with it, get it out in the open, and then I wouldn't have the dreams anymore. And after about two months of that, it worked. The nightmare stopped, and I haven't had them since. But for some reason, they really stuck with me. So I decided, why not just spin it into this weird sci-fi post-apocalyptic world and share it with the world? Nice. And and so when you wrote the first book, did you know instantly that this was going to be a series that you were going to go farther with? Or did that come after you finished this first book? Well, when I finished the first manuscript, it was over 200,000 words long. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. This document was a monster and it would make my computer run so slow. So I decided to just split it into three books so that I wouldn't have a you know huge book that you can't even hold in your hands printed. Wow. <laughs> I, I want to bow to you and say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I, full confession, I write novellas. <laughs> and I would write them shorter if I could get away with it. <laughs> oh, That's understandable. <laughs> oh, so... That, I, I'm just wowed. I mean, if I thought I was tongue-tied before, that's just like, holy freaking oi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I don't even know. Okay, so let me back this up a little bit. We have two minutes on the counter, so if we go a little bit over, if I beep, don't get don't get worried, okay? Because I, I you bring out a few questions with this for me, okay? Okay. And I, I try only do that on the fly. This is why I get it tongue-tied, because it's not written on the paper. I'm not reading it. <laughs> Um, so my question is, so what did you say the word count again was? Just make sure I got this accurate. It was over 200,000 words originally, 
Okay, 200,000. Okay, so when you start your process, I know this is your first book, but you've done the poetry. So how did you, did you do outline, character bios? How did the process go for you? So I actually had all of my characters and all of my scenes that I kept imagining over in my head laid out on a murder board okay. in my office. All and right. then I did a quick outline based on everything I had on my little murder board like a detective. And then I just kind of word vomited on the computer. <laughs> I did that for maybe a year straight. And then I'd you know, delete a bunch of stuff and try to be as short and concise as possible. And then it brought it down to 200,000 words. Brought it down. And oh, she like, brought it down. Okay. Oh, it down. It down. Major. You know, I have to tell you this. You know what comes to mind when you said word vomit? And and I say this because you're talking 200,000 words and you just brought it down from that. I'm thinking, what was this? The exorcist <laughs> when she word vomited? <laughs> That's what it felt like. That is what it felt like. Just sit at the computer and just drinking coffee and then, oh, look, the sun's up. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. So when you sit at the computer, how long do you sit in this kind of, I mean, does it just, you find yourself hours go by or you just, you're on task and you take an hour and you can just bang it out? Well, back then, I was able to sit at the computer for like, I don't know, 12 hours straight. But oh, now that I crap. have two kids and I'm married and I have a job, I try to spend about an hour, an hour and a half writing each day. I try to get up a little early while the kids are still sleeping, make some coffee, play some music in the background, and just try to get those words out. 12, 12 hours, my gosh, I can't even, I can't even fathom. I wish I could still do that. I wish I could still do that. <laughs> I'm going to stop the timer because we only got 10 seconds, so I don't want it to beep in our ear. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. That's okay because, I mean, that just wows me. There are some times when people tell me things and I'm like, what, what? <laughs> and I am just, I am floored by the 200,000. So you said you cut it down. So let's break down that cut down part. Um, wh exactly how much did you cut down? And does that make you think that there's going to be a second, a third, or a fourth? Or do you think it's going to be a shorter series? I think the series will be pretty short. It's going to be about three books. Okay. And I might do a... Um, spinoff? Well, yeah, I okay. thought about doing a spinoff based on one of the characters, but... I don't know, the more and more I think about it, the more I'm like, is anyone really going to read that? <laughs> well, you know what? I find you completely delightful. So I'm thinking they would. You have already got 17 <laughs> ratings on this book, and it hasn't been out that long, and they are all five-star ratings. So I can't see where this won't be going farther. I mean, this is just me. Well, thank you. <laughs> just me based on what I'm seeing right here. To me, that's impressive. I mean, I like I said, I'm not worthy. <laughs> so as my final question for you tonight, um, tell me something. Because um, I, I hear a lot from your, your bio that you have a lot to do for your career, okay? And as for your aspiration, because you did cover, I believe you did some graphic work and stuff like that, right? 
Uh, yes, I did all that as an undergrad. Okay. So would you like to share then with our listeners who might not know, where do you think the rest, where, I mean, what, let me rephrase this. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Where do you see is your next goal? You know what I mean? Because it seems to me you you started out in something and you went, and I think you have just busted out. Do you know what I mean? You have went out the door. I mean, and do you know what I'm saying? Meeting some great expectations. Yeah. And I think that you have went above and beyond what maybe you thought you could do. I mean, just from looking at what you have so far. So what do you think is the next big thing that you're going to conquer? I don't know. For a while, I thought about, you know, trying to be a literary agent, you know, try to help other indie authors like me try to get their voices heard and get their stuff out there. Right. But I'm not sure if that's in the cards. You know, I have two little girls and right now I'm working as a copywriter from home Mm -hmm. while I'm also working on my own work. And it's pretty comfortable. It feels good. But at the same time, I'm like, where... Where's my next move? Right. You know, where am I going from here? And I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet. Right now, I'm just kind of living in the moment, trying to get this book out. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what I see. Just from standing back, okay? Okay. (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) I actually see this series going for you, and I see the next couple of books really booming out your name. And I look forward to having you on again when we can say, dang, that was an awesome series, okay? (laughs) Okay, I'm on for that. (laughs) All right. I want to thank you so much for being on the program tonight. I really greatly appreciate you. You were a delight. You actually helped me find my words. You're a blessing. Um, thank you so much, our listeners. Um, every time that you guys come in, it's awesome. I really do appreciate it. I want you to look forward to our next uh, show. is next coming Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, as always. Thank you again, everyone, for coming in. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. It's yet to come. And best of yet, hope the holidays bring nothing but joy to your hearts. Have a great evening. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>